wins it off Hader in the bottom of the 10th inning. And you know where we're going. Pack your bags, folks. All aboard. Next stop, pound time. And here's the 1-0 pitch to Matt. Swung on, launched to left field deep. Matt going back, looking up. He will watch it fly. And a miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth is capped by Matt Chapman's three-run home run. And the A's have won the game. You're now listening to The C-Meds with Adam Copeland and Ted Ramey, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. It's the Seam Heads Podcast. Adam Copeland, Ted Ramey, Rob, the Bermudez Triangle. Bermudez back with you talking more. Uh, I don't know if it's current baseball. Talking some sort of baseball today. We're going to dive into some of our favorite moments uh, of A's history. But, Ted, good morning. Good afternoon to you. Rob, good afternoon to you. How you guys doing? Uh, doing good, man. Just enjoying quarantine life as best I can. But like we've talked about previously, immensely missing sports because it comes – more and more apparent with each passing day, just how often I have sports on. Not even necessarily that I'm sitting down and watching, but just as a background of life. Making dinner, got a game on. Walking the dog, listening to a ball game. Just, it's uh, it's not the same. Yeah, it's weird to think that if everything would have happened as normal if the season started without any delays, we would be uh, a series into this season already with, against the Minnesota Twins. So we'd be playing the Astros today, I believe. And it's just another reminder that yeah, this isn't just going to go away overnight. It's, you know, at least another month of staying in our houses here. But as long as the Wi-Fi is still kicking, as long as I still have internet to stream and to play video games and to watch movies and everything, I'll live. So, yeah. That's that's what I keep thinking about is like, thank God this has happened in 2020 and not in like, I don't know, Ted, you were around in 1980, but uh, were you, Ted, were you around in 1980? No, I was born in 82, bro. <laughs> I just tacked on extra years to Ted's life. Thank God it didn't happen when we were kids. How about that? I, I feel for the, uh, yes. I know Ted, you have kids. I feel for the kids who are out of school right now, getting ready for summer vacation. You got no little league. You get no day camp. You got nothing going on. You're just sitting at home. So Ted, I apologize for tacking the years on, but you're seeing it through the eyes of your kids right now. Yeah, man. I mean, they get, I, like you said, I can't imagine what this would have been like when I was a kid. I mean, I guess like the Genesis plugged in and didn't require internet. So that would have been cool. And Nintendo before <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah, man, this, if this had happened in like the seventies, I don't know here, here's my other take though. If it's a little bit, it's a little more blue and or adult. If the seventies blackout in New York caused a surge of births nine months later, our hospitals are going to be inundated with pregnant women going into labor in the next eight to nine to 10 months because of this quarantine. I, my grand hope out of all of this is that people are just getting down to pass the time because I really can't think of any better thing to do and I, you know I, I say that not as somebody who thinks we need more people but you know like it's it's more productive than just you know writing crap on the internet and talking smack you know hey go get down do you the internet was actually in i don't know if you know this was invented by the government specifically so that uh different sports teams fanatics can shit talk each other that's that's the whole reason they invented the internet was so that they could have twitter have people be the absolute scum of humanity to each other because of the teams they like not the color of your skin but the color on your jersey that is that is the discrimination that happens on twitter right now well actually rob to that point that shows us why all racism should end because we it's much easier and more productive to hate somebody for the laundry they wear as opposed to their color of their skin because you're born with the color of your skin, but you choose a sports team, which is, to me, if you're going to go around hating people, it seems like the sports analogy is much more valid than the skin you were born with. 
Yeah, because you decided uh, to root for the Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? Like that, yes. that's on you. You picked Whoa. the weird orange helmet. You know what I mean? That's that's your bad. <laughs> the uh, Ted, I was actually going to go the other way with you saying, you know, we could get hospitals who are already, you know, the, the medical field is already struggling to keep things under under control right now with all the the COVID nineteen stuff. But Ted was sort of facetiously saying they could be overrun in their uh, in their maternity wards. They're trying to get yeah. uh, babies born in about nine months. I was going the other way, dude. I was thinking family court, divorce court. It's going to be through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> when this COVID-19 thing ends, it's going to be all these couples who uh, didn't realize how much they didn't want to spend time together after six months in your home together, uh, calling an end to it. So uh, hopefully at the culmination of all of this, what there will be at the end of the tunnel is uh, is some baseball to be played to create some new memories for us. But as we've gone through, um, and really it's been all up and down the athletic too, everybody picking. I saw that, did you guys see at the athletic here, they compiled a bunch of the writers, did uh, their top 100 sports movies uh, of all time. They went one to 100, which is a pretty deep list. Uh, and then they also like each different athletic, um, like part of the country got a group of writers together and they did their hall of fame, like their top 25 players that would be in the hall of fame from the sports world in your region. So we've kind of been having some fun with that. I thought, um, would be good for us to get together. We'll just pick our favorite A's moments. So, uh, Ted, I know it wasn't 1980 that uh, that you began your A's fandom. It was 1981, but we can go back further than that. 82, to the 82, 82. <laughs> Stop tacking on years. See, Rob, are you like me, dude? Anybody who's older than you, it's like, yeah, whatever. It was just that year. You were born in that decade, so that's when it was. Yeah, I'm also of the belief that like everyone around me is my age until I find out their actual age. I'm like, oh shit, you're like seven years older. Oh wow, you're like just turning 21. I just assumed everyone is exactly as old as I am. So I'm horrible at judging age. I really am. Yeah, I'm better yeah, at I judging. Do the same uh, thing. Go ahead. You just assume people are your age, Ted. Yeah, that's just what I do. I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh, you're not exactly the same age as me. Even when it's unless you can distinctly tell that somebody is older than you, I'm like, eh, close enough. Well, let's go. Let's go opposite board game rules. Usually on a board game, the youngest goes first. Uh, we'll go oldest goes first here, Ted. So you're up your favorite A's moment or how do, how do we do this? Do we rank our top three? What's the uh, what's the form here? Um, let's just let's all start with one and we'll make the circle and see where we come back to, because I don't want to steal someone else's moment. But if you're going to point me out for being the oldest, then I should be able to get the first one. Um, Kobe. So I'm going to go my favorite A's moment. Of recent memories, Kopey laughs in the background. I got to go with Coco's walk-off uh, in oh. game four against the Tigers. You just son of a bitch. I know. I'm sorry. But that 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 was it for me, man. And I was actually, I was listening to it in the in the car. So I had Ken Korak's call. Um, and I just remember, because uh, I had had, I'd been over at a friend's house who had been going through some stuff. And I'd been monitoring the game on my phone. And I'd been having a long conversation with a friend. It was about a girl. If we're going to go with another baseball reference and uh, Goodwill hunting. Uh, but he, I was over there talking to him and I'd been monitoring the game on my phone. So I knew everything that was going on, but then I got in my car and I had about a 45 minute drive home. And that took me um, through the end of the game. And just that moment in Coco, because of what he'd been doing since he came to the A's and the Bernie lean and just his whole attitude and that the representation of everything that had happened. The A's in 2012 led the majors in walk-offs. Um, they had the, the the pie going on. It was just it was a magical season in a lot of ways that didn't end with a title. But Coco to uh, extend that series for a fifth game um, was just magical. And yeah, dude, just props to props to him and for you know making one of the most incredible A's moments uh, of all time. 
Yeah, Coco Crisp for me, like the the he's one of those fan favorite guys who like, yeah, he wasn't going to go and hit 30 home runs, but he was going to give you great speed. He was going to play pretty good defense till his arm kind of fell off, right? He had that noodle of an arm in center field, but he's a guy who I loved. You love the energy and the hair sort of played along with the energy he brought to the field. I just remember one of my favorite, actually, it may have been after that walk-off win. It might've actually been the walk-off. You mentioned that, right? Didn't they walk off on the last day of the season to beat the Rangers? Was that it? It wasn't a walk-off per se. I want to say it was the game... It was where it was that um, week though, right? It was like didn't they whoop the the, the Astro or the, uh, the the Rangers a couple of times in that final weekend to go to the postseason? Yeah, and then there was the drop in center field um, by Hamilton. That was the one that right. uh, really really set things up. That was in game one sixty two, right? Ron? That's what yeah, that was game one sixty two. They fell behind early. And uh, Cespedes hits the fly ball to center field that Hamilton, notorious, you know, it, there was actual reporting about the fact that Josh Hamilton struggled during day games and the sun got in his eyes. They say it's because he had blue eyes and it was harder. And and I just remember being like, wow, that's really in-depth reporting for a guy. Uh, but he drops the ball nobody in center with, field. nobody with blue eyes has ever played outfield in the bigs before. Yeah, right. No, during a day game, that's unheard of. So <laughs> What are we talking about? What is that? the hell is that i got blue eyes i never lost the ball in the sun man you flip the shades down 80s style what, what are we talking about what it would seem to per- like to reason with me that if you had darker eyes that would be the bigger problem right like that's why you wear eye black to absorb the uh, uh the the light flashing in right instead of it reflecting off your cheeks into your eyes i don't know i'd go the other way but but anyway the uh, the center field drop yeah that was that was 162 of 2012 Pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah. Co- anyway, on one of those Coco walk-offs, uh, I remember it, w- it must have been the Bernie one. It was uh, uh, they had Shooty Babbitt right post game talking about it, and his his line that I, I for some reason never forget is he says Coco say no no the Bay do it like Bernie, and I was like, dude, Shooty Babbitt just nailed it on the head. <laughs> Coco say no no the Bay do it like Bernie. We should get Shooty on the pod, dude. We should get him to come talk ball yeah. with us. That'd be a good one. Uh, anyway, Rob, uh, you're a, you're our noted A's historian. Uh, <laughs> you gonna pick a game that had like the highest rated analytical game score in A's history? What do you got for us? Dude? No, I'm gonna go with the single greatest moment I've ever experienced in pro okay. sports in person, and that was Game Two of the 2013 ALDS. That was Verlander and Sonny Gray dueling. Verlander goes seven innings, no runs, four hits, 11 strikeouts. Sonny Gray, eight innings, four hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. A game that ended with uh, Rick Porcello throwing the last pitch, and that was Stephen Vogt hitting the walk-off single with the bases loaded and uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. And that was just so electric. I remember they they like untarped the third deck, and I think Mount Davis was still tarped up, but uh, throughout the regular season, they had that third deck tarped and so when it came to postseason time i was afraid i wasn't going to get any tickets and uh they they said okay we're gonna we're gonna untarp the third deck it'll be great so i was sitting way 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 at the top of the third deck and i i still will never forget the electricity the atmosphere that was like the loudest game i had ever been to it truly was an incredible moment it was a tense game it was close it wasn't a complete blowout and to end in a dramatic walk-off it, it just there's something about that game that I'll never forget where I was sitting cheering with my with my good friends and just that was like the pinnacle of baseball for me. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the US have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? 
Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why your friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Oakland for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com Oakland for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. I was there as well, Rob. And I was, Kopi, I was with our good friend, Eamon Sweeney, who uh, was is also a big A's fan. And and for those of you that don't know Eamon Sweeney, longtime Gary and Larry producer and works for the Golden State Warriors. But as Vote came up to bat, uh, Sweeney, who's not a very emotional guy, looked at me and slammed me on the chest and said, we are going home. And then Vote uh, got the hit that sent us home in a very happy mood. So the other sideline to that is I'd got absolute shit reception in my, um, on my phone inside the Coliseum. So my wife, who was about eight and a half months pregnant, had his phone as a backup number in case she went into labor. And I was very much praying that she did not. And she uh, did not go into labor during that series uh, until I, I think uh, my first kid was born at about game three of the world series that year. Uh, so yeah, it, there was a lot on my mind at that game. <laughs> See, you gotta. This is the thing with with having kids. If you're like a baseball fan and you're a fan of a team that hasn't won a World Series in a long time, you gotta start thinking about like, man, am I? I gotta start practicing smart family planning. I think Ted, we've joked about this before, making sure your kids are not born any time in the month of October, right? You gotta plan it to have them born in the off season, right? And not on a football Sunday either. Can we avoid Sundays and can we avoid uh, October my, my baseball? Whole rule, <laughs> my, well, my first kid was born on October 28th, so it was during the World Series. Um, but, uh, it, you know, my excuse is, well, it wasn't planned, but my one rule to my wife was, uh, well, let's just make sure if you go into labor that I haven't already paid the toll on the Bay bridge. So of course <laughs> on a Monday morning, I get across the Bay bridge, get into KMBR, sit down, start writing my first update of the day. Phone rings. Hey, Ted, I'm going into labor. I was like, I crossed the bridge. Come on. I can't get those yeah. seven bucks back. No, no, you're not getting that seven back. And they'll probably hike it up again more than <laughs> more likely than not. The thing will get hiked up again to make up for all the people who haven't been crossing the bridge for the last two months. That's uh, the irony here in the Bay Area with the way that goes down. Um, I love going through games that like that mean something to you because a lot of times like you guys both gave great moments that have happened at the game, but sometimes it's it's something that's personal to you, right? Like how it affects you or as you mentioned the Eamon Sweeney story, a guy who who definitely you remember that because Eamon is not an emotional guy and he got no. emotional and he got fired up and I almost don't even believe the story that he hit you on your chest. Uh, it just doesn't sound like <laughs> him. But for me, um, my my probably one of my favorite A's moments uh, of a game that I was at. I've been to a handful of A's games. A lot of fun. I remember a, a 4th of July, Nick Punto walk-off double in like against the 12th the, or the 13th Against inning. the Toronto Blue Jays. I want to yeah. say it was. USA yeah, was it beat game? Canada in that game. How patriotic of them. <laughs> How patriotic. And I remember I remember at one point at the game, like uh, it's 4th of July, right? And it's I mean, it's sweltering outside. My buddy and I got hammered in the parking lot before. Um, and they talked to, you know, they, they're interviewing kids on, on the big screen, the Jumbotron in between innings. And I swear it's like, 
in between the, the top of the 12th and the bottom of the 12th, and they have a little kid up there, and they ask, uh, what's going to happen in the game? And he says, the A's are going to win in a walk-off. And sure enough, through next half inning, Nick Punto comes up and walk-off double. But um, I my favorite, I think, one of the my favorite A's moments that I can remember, first of all, I loved me some Jermaine Dye, one of my favorite oh. A's players um, in that great era of A's baseball. Absolute in the early cannon 2000s. in right field. Oh, Absolute dude. And, cannon. Oh, and, and I'm glad he got a World Series with the White Sox, and I'm glad he won that MVP, that World Series MVP. But I loved him. It's a guy who I, – I, he was a big, right-handed, mashing right fielder, right? It's a guy who, who – um, could hit in the middle of your lineup, could hit down near the bottom even, and sort of help that carry over the follow the uh, the flip over of the lineup. But he hit the first walk off home run that I ever saw in person at a baseball game. I was I must have been thirteen or fourteen years old and had never been to a walk off home run. He hits one in the twelfth inning, and I actually was able to find this box score. I remember the game because Greg Maddox started. It was A's Braves. 2003. Check out this this lineup for the A's. It goes Eric Burns won uh, in center field. Hatterberg, Tejada, Arubiel Durazo was in there at the DH spot. Jermaine Dye hit fifth, then Xavi, Ramon Hernandez. You guys remember Billy McMillan, the left fielder? Remember that guy? Billy McMillan, Mark Ellis was hanging around. And Tim Hudson versus Greg Maddox was this game. And I was stoked to be at this ballgame. It was a weeknight, and Jermaine Dye hit a walk-off home run in the 12th inning after Keith Folk coughed it in the ninth. Uh, Jermaine Dye hits the walk-off um, off of, you remember this guy, Jung Bong? One of the best names, I think. In, uh, in baseball history. Anyway, that was the first walk-off home run I'd ever seen. And as the A's were leaving the field, I was sitting right behind the dugout. Scott Hatterberg tossed me a baseball, dude. So that memory for me is a, is a pretty cool one. The first ever walk-off home run I saw, as well as a uh, as well as an on-field ball to leave the yard with. Funny enough, my one of my other most memorable games is game win number 20 of the win streak. And you know why that was so important to me? Because my birthday is September 4th. So it happened on my eighth birthday. Funny oh, enough, damn. Tim Hudson started that game as well. And Billy Koch blew the save. So look at the parallels in that. And a walk-off home run from Scott Hatterberg. It just it, it used to be a not a tradition per se, but I, since I was so little, have loved baseball. And I would always look on the schedule and say, okay, we got the schedule for the entire year. First thing I'd do is go to September 4th and see if there's a game being played at the Coliseum. Because if it was, my parents were going to be there. My grandma was a huge A's fan. And I, I probably went to more A's games with my grandma and one of her close friends. They were uh, they shared season tickets. And so we used to sit on the, uh, the lower level in section. I believe it was like 119 or 117. And the amount of games we saw from there. Uh, and funny enough, I used to go with my grandma and sometimes it would be cold in Oakland at night. So we'd have these great seats and we would sit in what wasn't called Shibe Park Tavern at the time. It was the West Side Club. And we would just sit there. We'd bring our either a burrito or a sandwich from out of the stadium. And we'd just sit there and watch it and order some coffee and hot cocoa and just watch baseball. So the amount of great memories I have at the Coliseum, specifically with my grandmas, is one of the reasons why I will always be a lifelong Oakland A's fan. It's it's one of the reasons that the, the stadium, I know it's not the nicest in, in all of baseball. It's probably towards the bottom in terms of amenities and everything. But there's just so many great memories and so many great games that I've seen there that it's it really will be a sad day once they do move out I mean it'll we'll celebrate a nice new stadium that'll have all the bells and whistles that we want and and something in this current age but I think the history of the Coliseum has been really special to me yep dude here's the thing with that though is there like 
I don't necessarily look forward to a new stadium because I've always been able to go to an A's game. It's never been a question. It's never been like, oh, I, I wonder if I can get tickets. Like, I know I'll be able to go with a press pass, but, you know, you don't sit with your buddies in the stands. Like, there's never been a summer night where me and my friends have looked at each other and said, hey, you want to go to the A's game tonight? And just not been able to go. And that could very well become a reality if they get a new stadium. And I <laughs> I wouldn't get ahead of yourself there, Rob. There's a law until shovels are in the ground. I am skeptical at the very least. Uh, but uh, while we're going with the the idea of moments, one of the things that I always uh, look to that people probably won't, um, you know, go to right off the top of their head, but I go back to that 2012 season when the team was starting to get good in June and July after they were just awful at the start of the season. On July 6th, which was a Friday night, uh, I believe the A's were playing the Mariners, and Chris Carter had a walk-off home run when the A's were really getting rolling. And that was kind of the moment of that 2012 season where people were really uh, getting on board with the A's suddenly coming to life because Cespedes had been playing pretty well and the A's just everything was starting to click. Um, but that's one of those games that I remember that people aren't going to immediately look to in terms of like, you you know, you think of these historic games, whether it's no hitters or perfect games or World Series wins or whatever it was going to be. And no, Kopi, I was not there for the three-peat, 72, 73, 74. Uh, but, you know, that was one of those games that I remember I was watching it with my buddy in uh, at EJ Fair in downtown Concord, a brewery restaurant, which I, uh, I to this day, I enjoy. God, I hope they're still in business. I haven't been for a while. Um, but we were watching it there and he's a huge A's fan and we were there with our, uh, wives, girlfriends, etc. And just as that game got deeper and deeper into the game, cause I think it was a two, a one, one game or something like that. A very close game. We just kind of broke off from the table and we're standing in a corner watching the game on one of the TVs that had it on. Um, just a really cool moment. It's something that distinctly sticks in my head because it was like, holy shit, the A's were garbage, and now they're winning games left and right. Suddenly the pitching's coming around. Suddenly the hitting's coming around. They're getting these walk-off wins. Like, the trend was definitely headed in the right direction. So, again, that 2012 season, because it was relatively unexpected, I think that's what I keep on coming back to, is that there were not a lot of expectations. In the preseason, people got all hyped over the UNS Cespedes, uh, you know, the the prospect video, which, dude, go back and watch. I watched that a couple months what ago. What a great video. It's still very important. What, are you serious? I love that video of UNS Cespedes just working oh. out shirtless. Oh, I, I thought you said what video. And no. I was like, dude, I was like, I you? said what a video. <laughs> no, he's, he was agreeing, like, that's a hell of a video, dude, yeah. Dude, it is, it is the best video in the history of a prospect. Like, I just remember me and my friends, like, just, like, l- laughing – because it was so absurd like the 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 blind catches the turning his back to the wall the the leg press the bench press like you said <laughs> the, the leg shirtless. press it was, it was unbelievable the leg press the leg press was you can't hilarious. Skip leg day. Yeah. he just kept stacking no. on plates on that machine and funny enough <laughs> you know another guy who had a great uh pre-workout video is lazaro armenteros who's currently in the a's minor league system he was the one that says they call me the Cuban Bryce Harper. He's yet to uh, to prove it in the minor leagues yet, but but another like Cuban guy who's like I'm gonna make a basically an and one mixtape of me working out and uh, see if I can get some big league teams to try to spend some big money, and it worked. It worked. It's good stuff, man. This is uh, this is sometimes we can have some fun with this stuff, man. Going through the old memories, and you guys have done a great job of of painting the picture of 
childhood memories and memories of, of earlier and better days when we had baseball being played. Just real quick on the way out, I, I think of Rob sitting in there at the West Side Club with his grandma eating a hot dog or a burrito or a sandwich. Uh, Miguel Tejada picks the ball at short, and Ted, I imagine Rob looks up at his grandma and he says, Grandma, that was a nice play, but what's his UZR? What's his ultimate zone rating? <laughs> yeah, I was, when we were coming into this day, I was like, yeah, but what's the emotional era plus of this of these memories that I have? He said, he said, Grandma, but what's his FIP? I don't know what his FIP is. I don't know how good of a pitcher he is. I said, Grandma, is. how old is he actually? <laughs> he said, Grandma, what's Jairo Garcia's real name? Uh, anyway, so poking fun, having some fun on the Seamheads. Uh, we'll be back with you guys Thursday, and we'll come up with, uh, with some other fun topic to run through. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, we ask that you rate, review, and subscribe to us as uh keeps us going here we're having a great time doing this for you guys even in the down days of no baseball so thanks for listening we'll talk to you guys on thursday